When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Financial Podcast, Future Rich. I am your host, Barbara Ginty, and I'm also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I'm here with my favorite guest, Natasha. Hello. How you doing, Natasha? I'm okay. It's raining out. I hate when it rains. I do too. It's depressing. Yeah, but it's a good excuse not to do anything then. It is a good excuse not to do anything. Which saves money. <laughs> it does save money when you don't do anything. So Natasha, tell me what's going on. Um, not much. I had a question that I wanted to ask you, um, about a friend of mine and basically I don't know how to articulate it. So I figured like you would have better words, better verbiage. So situation, excuse me, is that, um, a friend of mine and his girlfriend, um, they've been together for a while. They're just hitting 30, thinking about marriage and all that. But before that they wanted to buy a house And my concern is that they have no money and only debt, like student loan debt, like every other millennial. So, yeah. yeah. So I feel bad because I get that, you know, renting sucks and you're not building equity and like, you know, I I get that that want to buy a house. But um, when he told me this, I was a little concerned because I just, I mean, you're taking on a mortgage. Do you have a house? No, no, I don't. See, I... I'd like to buy a house probably in the next like three to four years, but I'd rather save more money. I just don't, I, I mean, like, I think it's one of those things that can be so stressful. Absolutely. And like when it's the house and something goes wrong, it's on you. Like, so for example, I rent and in my apartment last month, my oven broke and they just called my landlord and the next day they came and gave me a brand new one. <laughs> so I mean, I don't have any equity, but like that's just you something also where didn't have to go buy a new oven. Exactly. So I want to be able to have like an emergency saving just for house stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Because as you said, if you own a house and something goes wrong, mm-hmm. you have to pay for it. And usually when it goes <clears> wrong, <throat> it's not an ideal time for your budget. Exactly. I own a property. And so it's never like, oh, I'm flush with cash. Now the refrigerator breaks. Now yeah. I can buy a refrigerator. It's like the end of the month and you're like, oh, the te- you know I have a tenant and the tenant calls so I'm like mm-hmm. you're the landlord I'm yeah the landlord. yeah you have to, you're the one that's gonna get the new oven yes that's me but what's con- what's concerning is like when I kind of gently was just like well you know how are you getting the money because I know I don't know a lot about houses but I know normally like you have to put some money up front and then the rest of the money you pay back via the mortgage correct and he was like well there somebody was gonna I think a bank is offering or I don't know what it is but basically somebody was like we'll give you the money and you owe us. So everything for the house is going to be owed, which seems- Meaning that they're not putting down a down, it's called the down payment. Okay. Where the down payment is where you put a percentage of, so let's say the house is Mm $100,000. So a standard down payment, a typical one is 20% down. 20% of the total cost? Of the cost. Okay. So if it's a $100,000 house, you would put down $20,000 and then you would take a mortgage, which is you borrow the money- 
or 80,000. Mm-hmm. So the bank or institution would loan you 80,000, you would give 20. So when you get the house, you own 20% of the house. The bank or institution owns 80%. Okay. And then you would get the mortgage, depending on which one you get, but the, the typical ones are a 15 year fixed, fixed 30 fixed what's... rate, meaning the interest rate wouldn't change. Oh, you have to pay interest. Oh yeah, it's not for free. So your mortgage goes up every year? No, you're, it's not like a student loan. That's what you're comparing. Can you can you hear the fear in my voice? <laughs> it's not like a student loan. No, so it would be fixed. So let's say right now mortgage rates are probably between somewhere between four and four and a half, maybe five percent, depending on on your credit score. So they would charge you four percent, let's say on the eighty thousand. And if you choose it to pay back in thirty years, they figure out what four percent on eighty thousand would be, and you pay. You actually pay with the interest first, and then you pay back the money you borrowed. So you pay the four percent interest all on eighty on eighty, but you pay it all in the beginning of the mortgage. So you're paying a mortgage and interest. Yep, you're paying the money you borrowed plus interest. But the way they structure a mortgage is you pay all of the interest first. So how long does it take to pay the interest? Depends on whether you're doing a fifteen year or thirty year mortgage. Oh, okay. okay. But if you're doing a thirty year mortgage, you're going to pay more interest because it's a longer time horizon because your payments are lower. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I'm always just like, well, they'll bo- you borrow and then you pay them back, but it's like, no, no the bank's just... going to make money on you. Yeah, they're in business. Yeah, so there's going to be my extra. <laughs> yeah, so I don't like that. <laughs> That's how that works, though. <laughs> so let me just give you a quick example. Okay, so to give you an example, let's just say that you were using our example of $80,000. It's a $100,000 house, and you're going to borrow $80,000 from the bank, Mm -hmm. and you're going to have a 4% interest rate, and your period, the term, the length of time you're going to have the mortgage is going to be 30 years. Mm -hmm. You would end up paying $137,000, almost $500 back to the bank. So you would be paying another fifty-seven thousand to borrow the eighty. Okay, and that's with low interest rates. You that's know, crazy. My parents, when they got their first mortgage, it was eighteen percent. Oh wow! Yeah. So now, if you did a fifteen-year mortgage, which makes your payment higher, the payment for a thirty-year mortgage is only going to be. Now, this is just the mortgage. This doesn't include insurance, taxes, mm. maintenance. Mm. Any right, it doesn't include any of that. For an eighty thousand dollar mortgage, four percent interest for thirty years, it's three hundred eighty-two dollars a month. But you're going to pay fifty-seven thousand in interest over the course of thirty years. And if you do a fifteen-year mortgage, your payment's going to be five ninety-two, so a big difference monthly. But you only end up spending twenty-six thousand in interest. Oh, okay. But most <clears throat> people can't afford to do um, to do a a 15 year because the payment's too high Mm -hmm. depending on the mortgage. We're using a low number. We're using a hundred thousand dollar house with a 20% down and an 80,000 mortgage. You can just multiply that number. If you were going to be doing a Mm $300,000 house, what would you end up? So then you'd also ideally put down 60,000. Wow. Okay. So it's a big number to put down, but then you own 20% of the house. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It does. So your friends are looking to buy a house. And from what it sounds like, they're not going to put anything down. No. So where, so does the bank borrow, like who would give, I, I'm just assuming that because they're borrowing this money, that's another loan with interest that they have to pay back. Do yeah, banks so do we, that or? Yeah. Banks and banks okay. do that. Credit unions do that. Um, but that's exactly correct because we just went over that example, right? So if yeah. they did a 30 year mortgage, they'd end up spending 50,000, 57,000 in interest over the 30 year. Mm-hmm. So you're a hundred percent correct, but they start out owning nothing. 
So, oh, they have no percentage of the house is theirs. They own zero percent if they have a full mortgage, which is not that common that they give you a full mortgage. They might have to put something down. Yeah. But you also remember have closing cost. Okay. So they should. And there's taxes and stuff you said too, right? Yep, so that's property tax in some areas, school <clears throat> tax. So if they don't, my the way I look at it is if you don't have the money to come up with closing costs and some sort of down payment, maybe you don't do 20, maybe you do 10. Because if you do less than 20, typically you have to do PMI, which is a secondary insurance because you don't own anything. Oh, okay. So you have an additional insurance that's added on to the mortgage. Wow. Right. But I just don't understand why, why, why are they being offered these things when like one of them has six figures of student loan debt? Like that seems like, cause they look at your interest rate or no, they look at your, um, they look at your debt to, to income ratio. Okay. And they, they want to see how much debt you're servicing. And that doesn't dissuade them from, from the, from the banks. Well, you know, they're in business. They'll make, obviously mm. make money on this. And that's the whole issue we got into with the 2008 housing crisis, right? Yeah. People yeah. were getting loans that they couldn't afford, but the mortgage brokers were making a lot of money. Yeah. So I'm not sure who's offering them the loan or what type of institution it is, what the exact terms of it are, but I would imagine I'd be surprised with six figures of debt and are they high income earners? No. I'd be surprised if they were getting a mortgage where they're not having to put down a more significant, it sounds like you said they're not having to put down anything. I would be surprised if they have six figures of debt that they would be getting a mortgage. I'm wondering, do they both have six figures of debt? No, just one of them. So maybe it only qualified on the one person. Oh, okay. Okay. Income and not on the other second person. But my take on it is a home is a really big purchase and Mm -hmm. you want to, it's not something you just decide on a whim that you're going to go out and purchase a home. And especially if you already have six figures of debt, I think that the ideal situation, and this is not the case for everybody, but if you can get your student loans paid off and then you can go out and buy a house Mm -hmm. and depends on the person. But if you have six figures in student loans, that's a lot in student loans. Yeah. And then to go and take a six figure mortgage. Yeah. To me, would that would keep me up at night to know that I have that much in debt and not very much on the other side of the balance sheet. Mm-hmm. Right. What's the worst case scenario? So let's say um, they do this and then like one of them loses their job and they can't afford it. Like what happens when they stop making the mortgage payments? The uh, bank that, tanks that, it that gets ugly. Okay. That gets quite ugly. I'm sure you've heard people that stop trying to ghost on their lo- student loans. Yeah. It's more severe. Okay. Um, with a mortgage because they have an actual tangible asset. They don't call you and say, give me back your diploma for college. Okay. Right. But there's, there's nothing they can take from you. They can garnish your wages. Right. And they can call you all the time. Um, so they can do that with student loans with a mortgage. They can take the house back. Okay. And then what about the money you still owe? Does that ever get discharged or like, you would have to go through a bankruptcy proceeding most likely. Okay. I'm assuming you have to pay a lawyer to go through a bankruptcy proceeding. Well, let's not, let's hope they don't go there. Okay. I'm just trying to let them know because I think it's a bad idea. So I kind of want to let them know. I do think it's a bad idea. I think that the best idea is to make sure that you, to practice the budget you would have to have on a house. Because as you brought up, there's other expenses besides the mortgage. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a really good idea to practice living on what you would need to live on if you own the house and plan for a certain amount for maintenance every year. Because every year something will go wrong. If Mm -hmm. you talk to anybody who owns a house, there's always something to do with the house, whether it's a hot water heater or a furnace or a plumbing issue. And plumbers and electricians are very expensive. Mm-hmm. So to live on what you, you know, let's say you want to buy a $200,000 house and you figure out what the, what you think the mortgage is going to be, what taxes and um, insurance are going to be. And then I would add in a, a few hundred dollars a month for maintenance. Mm-hmm. Just if you don't use it, 
great. No problem. But yeah, but it's there if you need it. You've budgeted for it, and then live on that, and make sure that you can live on that comfortably. And my guess, it sounds like they didn't do a ton of research; just decided they wanted the house, and now yeah. they get the house. With these big financial decisions, you want to plan for them because it's much harder to get out of them, especially taking on debt. It's much harder to get out of it once you're in it, like student loans. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Now that you have $100,000 of debt and you borrowed it, now you realize it wasn't the best decision. Yeah. Right? You like wish you maybe had made a different decision to get out of this. Yeah. So same thing with a mortgage. Like it's not easy to unwind it once you're in it. You can sell the property, right? But you would maybe not even break even on it because you have closing costs on both ends. And just to give you an example, and it differs by state dramatically, but my closing costs were like eight or $9,000. Okay, wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now, for instance, in other states, you don't have to pay lawyers. You can close without a lawyer. And so therefore, it's significantly cheaper. Maybe it'd be $3,000. But it's still, you have to pay something to do this. Yeah. Oh, that's surprising. I didn't know it was that much. I thought you were going to be like, it was $500. <laughs> no, because there it depends on the state that you're doing it in. But in New York State, you know, there's an application fee, then you pay your own attorney, then you pay the other attorney. Um, depends if you're a buyer or seller. But if, if you're the one selling it, then I think you have to pay, you have to pay the real estate agent for both sides. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, there's a lot of other hidden fees in it. We go through a lot of what you need to know for to buy a house in the book Money Diaries by Lindsay Stanberry. I, I helped with the the housing or the home purchase guide in there. Okay. It's a really good guide. But yeah, there's a lot of things to consider. If it is based on two incomes, which I don't think it is with your friend situation, then one person loses their job. Now you can't afford the mortgage. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think those financial stressors are worth it when you could just plan a little bit further in advance and then get into a really good financial situation yeah. rather than rush into something and potentially end up in a bad financial So yeah, situation. so maybe like instead of buying the house like this year, you wait three years and then it'll Kind be of like a- what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Plan for it a little bit better. Make sure I'm doing it right. <laughs> you're doing it right. Make sure you have money saved up. I think a better situation is to have the money saved up for closing costs depending on your state. Find out what closing costs run, what the range is, and save for the higher end. And then also save for your down payment. I think I always like a 20% down payment. But if that isn't feasible, then shoot for 10. But you definitely, I don't think, should be buying a house. Broad, and I'm making a broad generalization, and this doesn't mean it applies to you because there's always exceptions to every rule. Yeah. But generally, I like to see people doing 20%, if not 15 at, at minimum 10, so that you've shown that you can save the money. Yeah. Yep out of your budget. Because if you're not able to save over a few years, then you probably aren't ready to buy a home because there are going to be other expenses and you're going to have to monitor your income, right? You can't not have it. When you're when you're renting, if you spend all your money for the month and then, as you said, the oven breaks, like, great. Whatever, not yeah. Your, whatever. Not, not your, my problem. Not your problem. But you own a house and you spend all your money and don't have anything left over at the end of the month, literally nothing left over, and your roof starts to leak. Now what are you supposed to do? yeah. Put it. You end up putting it on a credit card, and then it spirals, right? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's scary. Because, like, for instance, on my property, everything happened at once. The hot water heater, we had a plumbing issue, and then the plumbing issue was really expensive, and it turned out to not be a plumbing issue after I hired the plumbers, and so we had to rip out some of the ceiling to get to the piping, and it turned out not to be the piping, which they, everybody said it was the piping. It turned out to be the roof. So I got a new hot water heater. I had to put in a new ceiling where we ripped out the ceiling for the plumbers and pay the contractor to do the ceiling and the plumbers. And I had to put a new roof on. How much did that all cost? I don't, I mean, it's breathtaking. 
<laughs> I don't want to think about it. We're not going to talk about it. Oh, and I had just my, my expense for that year. I had decided the property improvement I was going to make that year was I was going to put in air conditioning. So I put in air conditioning a month before all this. Everything oh, went to shit. No. oh no. But that's what the joy of home ownership. When it rains, it pours. When it rains, yeah. it pours. So no, literally for you. Literally, of the roof. <laughs> it literally was raining inside my property, which is so unfortunate. I was like, why is it raining inside? Um, and not to say that will happen, but if it doesn't happen, then great, you're in a better situation. But you want to plan for some of the unknown because you don't know when something will go wrong, but most likely when you own a property, something will go wrong and you want to have, like you said, an extra emergency fund for it. Yeah. So I would definitely say, I would talk, try and talk your friends out of buying the house. It just seems like such a bad idea. I feel bad because it's it like- It seems very rushed. Yeah. They don't and have I, money saved. They don't know saved. about costs. Well, I think they don't know about all these extra costs. Like, I don't think they're thinking about taxes. And I think that when they met- it's like, well, you're pre-approved for a loan and, oh, don't worry about the down payment. We, we can give you a loan for that. So it's like, oh, no problem. So I think it's like... But so that's a, I think that's always a big red flag. Yeah, when people are willing to give you money. It's just like college. Like, yeah. oh, the school's 60000 a year. You can't afford it. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. You can't afford housing? No, we'll take care of that too. You can't afford food? No, we'll take care of that too. Yeah. That didn't end up so well. I know. It's not good. It's not good. I think um, I told you this before where... Um, I am a lawyer. And when I was studying for the bar um, in the real estate portion, we just, we, we did a very, like, unless you kind of focus on that kind of law, like the overview is very uh, 5,000 feet view. And we just learned very basics about it, which is why I don't know anything about buying a house. But what they did say about mortgages was that the teacher said, there's two things I always remember about banks is that number one, they have no heart. And number two, they never die. So <laughs> they kind of They're painted them. they and they'll never go away. Yeah. So it kind of painted banks as like this really vicious um, entity. But it's true. Like what you're saying, like I didn't think about the fact that you're not – if you put down 20%, you only own 20% of the house. And like in bankruptcy, they there's a piece of a thing they can take from you. And it's there's not just – There's a tangible item. Yeah. Like they can't take – come and call you up and say, give me back your law degree. Yeah. Yeah, they don't they don't do that. But if you if you're in a physical property and you don't pay them, they will come take back the house. It's crazy. Same thing with a car. Yeah, yeah. If you have a car, you don't pay your car payment. They'll come take back the car. I know. And those are those are really dramatic situations. Like you don't want to go that far down the path because all your stuff's in your house. I mean, like. <laughs> Yeah, all your stuff should be like, in your house. You shouldn't be the whole I know, I know, but it's like, well, you have to, like, now you have to move. Like, it's just, like, such a pain. Like, on top of losing your house, it's like, now you have to pack up all your shit, you know? Moving's the worst. It's the worst. I think I'd be more upset about having to move than, than like, it coming seems, to get my house. You're, like, more upset about the fact that you'd have to move than yes. you'd be the fact that you were homeless. Yeah. So, no, I think that a home purchase is a really big purchase. I would say that most people are going to buy one or two homes in their lifetime, yeah. maybe three. It's a really big deal and you want to be prepared for it and you want to be educated in it. You don't want to blindly go into a home purchase and it sounds like your friend and his girlfriend yeah. haven't done their research. Yeah, I don't think they have. There's home buying classes that you can take, first time home buying classes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and the thing to always remember is nobody does anything usually for free, mm -hmm. especially when, as you said, when you're dealing with a bank or an institution, they're going to be making money and you need to be conscious of that. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to be educated so that, and I would, I would educate yourself first and, and I would read the home, um, the home buying guy that I wrote for refinery. It's really great. I interviewed a mortgage broker with over 30 years experience. So everything you need to know about how the bank is going to analyze the data is in there and what you need to have prepared. Okay. Which is very helpful so that you can know what to expect when you're dealing with the institution and institution I keep referring to is like a bank or credit union, 
some sort of the money lending money lending okay and then it doesn't hurt to talk to someone who's already been through it before that you trust Mm -hmm. whether it's a parent or an aunt or uncle or a friend to say what can I expect how did it go for you okay okay that's good advice does that make it more helpful it does make it more helpful because I I don't want to say to them like this is a bad idea but like why don't you but it sounds like it but but like just something more constructive like why don't you do these things first and then think about it and then hopefully in doing that they'll realize that it's not the right time I agree I don't think it it sounds like that they decided maybe they found a property that they like yeah and they were thinking about buying a home without doing other than you know it's nice to think about it like it would be great like I'm sure be nice for you to have a home too Mm -hmm. at some point but it's not something you should just then come back on next time we see you on the podcast and be like I bought a house and I have it and I got it (laughs) like it's a big decision it is yeah your homework and your research and go into it educated and go into it knowing your numbers and know make sure the numbers work Mm -hmm. we see it all the time and you've probably heard the saying um house poor yes yep you buy a house and then now you have no more money yep that's it you can't do anything yeah, you have to stay in your you house. Stay in your house. You're like a prisoner of this house. You got the house and you have nothing else. That's it. Yeah, mm. I heard a really funny story actually uh, a couple nights ago. I was out with a group of people and it was during 2008. This person bought a house and it was pretty, it was predatory at that point. You know, they were giving people mortgages that shouldn't have mortgages. He said he bought, They he was told he should buy a condo. They said they were going to give him all the money. So he was like, oh, I was like 22. I was like, this sounds wonderful bought the, it was a condo, bought the condo. And at the end, after he wrote the mortgage payment insurance and taxes, he had a hundred, hundred dollars left. So I was like, did you have any furniture? He's like, no, I couldn't afford it. Oh no. (laughs) Sat on the floor in his condo. Yeah. So he he owned a property, but had no money for furnishing. Oh, So like that's, those are situations you don't want to get in. You don't want to now have a house and now be like, and I'm going to be sitting on the floor. Or in a sleeping bag. Yes. For the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. So talk to your friend. I would say it sounds like it's a little rushed. They don't, it doesn't seem like you have all the data, but I would try and find out. Like, I don't think it's a good idea if Mm -hmm. you're getting a 99% mortgage with no closing, with putting nothing down. If you haven't been able to save the money, maybe it's not the right time. Okay. That's helpful. That sounds good. So we're going to see you again soon, Natasha? Of course, always. I'm a recurring guest. You are. You're one of our few recurring guests. Yes, I'll be back. Mm -hmm. Oh, we do need, I was going to say to our lovely listeners, if you review the podcast and send us a screen grab of your review on iTunes, I know, Natasha, listen to this. What what are you going to offer? We are going to send you the Refinery29 Money Diaries book. Ooh, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to go to iTunes. I'm going to say Fab Pod. (laughs) You have to screen grab it. And I'm going to screen grab it, and I'm going to screen grab it. Can you make it a little longer than Fab Pod? Fabulous Pod. What? (laughs) I'll make it longer. Okay. (laughs) So for our listeners, go to iTunes. Um, If you write us a review and send us a screen grab, we'll send you the... Uh, Money Diaries book by Lindsay Stanberry, which has the home um, purchasing guide inside of it, which we were referencing today that goes over everything you need to know when preparing to buy a home. Perfect. Love it. And as always, if you want to take a personal finance class, you can find them at www.planancial.com. Yay. Bye. 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 (laughs) Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.